This is On the Record, a guide to English law from the team at Glazier Solicitors. Hello and welcome to On the Record, Glazier Solicitors podcast. We are doing things a little bit differently in today's episode. I am really pleased to have the firm's trainees with me. And we're going to be talking about their experiences in learning about the law and what it's like to become a solicitor. So I have with me today Charlie Hughes, Liliana Armitage, Tram Fan, and Nick Mercer. Would you please, in that order, introduce yourselves to our audience and let us know what department you're currently working with? Hi, I'm Charlie Hughes. I'm in the commercial property department. I'm in my third and final seat, so I'll be qualifying in well, the end of August. Hi, I'm Liliana Armitage. I'm currently in the employment law seat. It's my second seat and I shall be qualifying in March of 2022. Hi, my name's Tram Fan. I'm currently sitting in corporate. I will also be qualifying in March 2022 alongside Liliana. Hi, I'm Nick Mercer. I'm currently in my commercial litigation seat, which is my second seat, and I will also be qualifying in March 2022. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Hopefully you can share a bit of your experience of what it's like Because I know it's a long process. I know there's a lot of stuff that you have to go through. So my first question for all of you is, what did you study at university? Do you need to go to university and study law? Or can you do something else? Has any of you studied anything else at university? I studied law. I did the um, traditional route of the general study in law. And then going on to do my LPC followed by the training contract which I'm currently undertaking. Um, I do know that there are some people that can do the less traditional route of doing anything that they like at any university following a conversion course which I believe is a year but don't hold me to account for it and then doing their LPC. I took the same route as Liliana, the traditional route so I studied law and criminology in Sheffield, Uni of by the way. And I actually did a year abroad, so it was a four-year course rather than three years. Um, And I spent a year in Italy. And then after I qualified, did the LPC and started doing my training contract. But you don't have to do a law degree in order to get into law. You, You can do the conversion if you didn't do a law degree and you want to get into law. You both mentioned an LPC. What is that? It is the legal practice course. Sorry, we're just so used to abbreviating and calling it the LPC. We just sort of forget that other people won't know exactly what that means straight away. So it's it's a course that you have to do, which gives you skills in practice, I guess. <laughs> At undergrad, you sort of learn theories and you learn about the law. Whereas on the LPC course, it's more practical and you learn skills that you would need in practice and you you learn about how a law firm is run and those things. (laughs) Do you feel that LPC prepared you well for actually working in a law firm? For me, I think it definitely did help because I went straight from university straight onto the LPC and didn't have any experience in working in a law firm. So it kind of was a bit of a bridge for me between university and being in practice 
I went straight then from the LPC to work at a firm in Manchester where it wasn't so much of a shock to the system, I felt. But I know the guys did a different approach and worked as well as doing the LPC, which I think is very, very commendable. I'm not really sure how they did that, to be honest, because I found just doing the LPC really, really difficult. I found it was a it was an intense course, but obviously it was a means to an end. And now it was very much worth it, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Charlie. I am one of those that I'm doing my LPC at the same time as doing my training contract, which I believe you have to get permission for from the SRA, which was, was obtained. But yeah, as Charlie said, it's not something that you should probably do lightly. Uh, the LPC, for me, came after about seven years worth of working in a solicitors. So a lot of the application, as Tram said, the stuff that's taught on the LPC is more sort of vocational. So that was a bit easier for me doing it that way around. But it's not something to, to just go into and think you're going to pass all the tests and, and what have you. You've got, to, you've got to really put the effort in. But as Charlie said, once, you, once you've done it and you're on the training contract, there's really nothing stopping you then. I did do it slightly differently to Nick and very differently to Charlie. And I'd say the route that I took was doing the LPC at the weekends whilst working full time. And the reasons that I had to do that, and I, I believe that a lot of people maybe in this position also is generally financially driven. There was just no way that I would have been able to do the course, pay for it without working whilst having a mortgage and having a young child there was there's just no no other route for me there was nothing available but doing the LPC course part-time on the weekends is actually a two-year course rather than a one-year course which I can imagine Charlie did it in one year doing it over two years it does spread the load slightly and it does make it a little easier I know that all of you worked as either paralegals or in some sort of legal position before you started your training contract. How was it going from a paralegal position to a trainee? Is there any difference? Is there more pressure? Is it exactly the same? So for me, I think the transition from paralegal to trainee was really smooth, actually, because my first seat, I just stayed in the department that I was in. So I was a paralegal in commercial litigation and I had done that two years before starting a training contract. Because the first seat was just staying in the same department, I'd already had my own caseload and I was already assisting on the files that the partners were working on and the solicitors were working on. So it wasn't really anything new. The only difference really was that I was getting more work there was a little bit more pressure to sort of step up from paralegal to trainee, which I found was was all right. And I, I wanted to sort of step up and I wanted to be taking on more stuff and having more responsibilities. And I remember before I started my training contract, I spoke to David and I actually mentioned to him that I wanted to be doing better quality work and working on the big cases and stuff. And to be fair, I did um, in my first seat and I did work on some of the bigger cases that we had on. So it was it was a really good experience. And I think overall, the transition for me was was really smooth. And I will say, Tram, we did have 
a client come back to us after a matter that you'd been working on and just a, a quick high five over Zoom uh, <laughs> saying how great you'd done and, and how you were successful for that client. So you're already big steps. <laughs> Cheers, Bethany. <laughs> it's always good to hear that as well. You know, getting good feedback from clients is always nice. Well, I, I can echo what Tom said, really. And I think it, if we take a step back, we all introduce ourselves and told everyone how long we'd got left on our training contract. But I think we're all in quite unique positions in that we've got 18 month training contracts here at Glaciers. And that's because we've all had time to count. And time to count it for us is because we've had six months in the seat that we were going to go into first. It meant that that time counted towards our training contract, which means that we have to do three seats instead of the traditional four so that's one thing that i did want to mention because obviously not everyone's michael dapper and don't have quick maths so i think we need to cover that but i think for me the transition was really smooth like tram said really did feel like i hit the ground running some of the cases carried over and that i was doing as a paralegal into into my training contract which was good i think the the level of work and the responsibility that we had did increase and the complexity of the work as well. That also came with it. You've all been completing your training contracts during the pandemic. Do you feel like there's been any restrictions to your ability to get the same level of training? Have you experienced any specific or significant hurdles because we've been in lockdown? Did you have any expectations that because of all of these restrictions you weren't able to meet those or get certain types of experience i would say originally my concern was because the pandemic hit before commencement of, of my training contract that essentially it would be put on hold i think it very much depends on the, you as a person and the way you work i think some people are very able to work independently and, and get on and, and work through tasks but other people, myself included, would probably learn better from literally sitting in, in a scenario. You might not be involved in that scenario or discussion, but you, you're sort of soaking up like a sponge all that information that, that's being passed around around you that really you, you probably can't do at home. Yes, there's tools like Zoom and, and Teams that help. And I think that, as, as Charlie said, we're all in that unique situation where we've worked for, for, for quite some time. So we know everyone that we're working with already. And I think to, to a new trainee, that because of the pandemic, it might be, be, be a bit, uh, what's the word? Struggle. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, just like I'm struggling on the words, but I think that there's upsides and downsides to working from home. But for me, I personally prefer to work from home, but also have that ability to be in the environment where you can learn things from other people that you might not necessarily come into contact with on a daily basis. Yeah, I think my comments sort of mirror Nick's as well. I completely agree with what he's just said. I think one of the things that I miss from just um, sitting in the office and being in every single day is listening in on conversations that the more senior members might be having, discussing cases or the point of law that I necessarily might not have been involved in. But I'm benefiting from um, listening in on that conversation and gaining that information just because I'm in the office. I think another thing as well is a big part of our jobs as solicitors 
is sort of meeting and interacting with clients and taking instructions from them. So one of the things that we've sort of missed out a little bit on is being able to be involved in those client face-to-face meetings. Obviously, we do have Zoom meetings and stuff, but I I don't think it's quite the same. At least I, I don't think it is for me. Sitting in a room with other solicitors and other clients and having that in-person interaction as well as getting the knowledge from the senior staff members I'd also say that prior to the lock to lockdown I was interested and involved myself in a lot of corporate social responsibility stuff or went to events in regards to the charities that we support and organized several uh, hiking trips and I do feel like because we are in lockdown and because I'm at home and because there are more struggles that you'd have to not ordinarily think about if the pandemic didn't happen you kind of put that towards the back of your mind and it's not the front of your mind as something that you need to be also participated in and getting along with because there are so many other issues that you could have or I have experienced with myself that it is difficult to sort of try to fundraise or try to meet with people virtually albeit it is difficult I feel like it can be quite draining um, to be constantly performing Zoom meetings or Teams meetings I think it can be zoomed out from the discussions that I've had with my colleagues. We we all do agree that in some ways, and I don't know why, when you have meetings via Zoom all day or Teams, you are generally more drained than should that meeting have been in real life. But generally, that is the feeling and the census. I know you're all very busy and there's other meetings to get to. Do any of you have any pieces of advice or bits of wisdom from the time you've spent that you can pass on to anyone that's considering becoming a solicitor? Yeah, consider it carefully, because like we said before, it is a long process and it's not like suits. Really hard work. It is a long process to qualification. But for me, I do actually think it is probably one of the best jobs in the world, because linking into what you said before, Bethany, about trauma is that we're, we're doing it for the clients and that that we've got the client's best interests at heart and we we can produce good results for them and it's really nice when we get to do that so yeah I think for me it is one of the best jobs in the world it's complex it's challenging and every day is is, is so different even though we could have a case on the same area of law the facts are different and each client's best interests are different so yeah it's, it's the best job. So just a very brief tip from me teach yourself how to become organized I would just add on that if you want something enough, don't be put off by rejection. I think one thing amongst solicitors is that they've always had a million rejections on training contracts. But if you want it enough and you're willing to sacrifice, just keep going and you'll get there. Thank you again for your time, everybody. It's been great to see you. Hopefully we'll see you soon. And good luck with the rest of your seats. Thank you. Cheers, Bethany.